Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Three Down Nation podcast. Today we're discussing Brandon Banks tweeting about his potential retirement Randy Ambrosi's comments on a 2021 season and the impending legalization of single game sports betting in Canada. But first, Dunkster, you broke a story late Tuesday night that the Toronto Argonauts had signed Canadian linebacker Cameron Judge following an NFL workout with the Las Vegas Raiders. What does that move mean for the Argos and for the Riders? For the Argos, man, it makes that defense even more terrorizing. Charleston Hughes, Cam Judge, along with him, I believe is one of the most disruptive defenders in the league, Hodge. He can play any of the linebacker positions, and oh, by the way, he's Canadian. But I almost don't think we should put that designation on him because in some people's minds in the league, that limits him. So signing Judge, to me, really takes that Argos defense to another level. They can be versatile, multiple, keep offenses off balance, while Charleston Hughes is rushing the passer to go along with a defensive line that is already loaded and has some potential NFL help on the way. For the Riders, my man, I just can't understand why general manager Jeremy O'Day wouldn't wait on a game-changing impact linebacker just a couple days i understand you got to move on you got to make deals you want to get players under contract but i'm sure you could have said to the herdman twins hey can you just hold on here and be patient because those contracts weren't exactly breaking the bank so from the riders perspective i don't get it you invest a first round pick three years developing the guy into one of the best if not the best linebackers in the CFL he's going to be the highest paid linebacker in 2021 and a guy that's on the cusp of making an NFL roster is not good enough for you to wait a couple days for I just can't understand it Haji yeah two two quick things to that the first is I love that we automatically assume a player is worse because he's Canadian even though he was raised in the state of California and played at UCLA <laughs> like the fact that he's Canadian is almost irrelevant but you slap that national title on him and some guys are like ah he's not really that good he can't be that good he's Canadian uh, and then secondly uh, you're you're exactly right about the Herman twins I mean the Herman twins they're from my city of Winnipeg uh, so I got a soft spot for them but are they going to step in and start at will I was getting that that question during free agent frenzy uh, on Twitter uh, from a bunch of rider fans saying like well is he going you know is one of these guys going to step in the answer is no you're not going to start uh, one of the Herman brothers at will maybe Mike maybe uh, Jordan Herdman started games there for instance for the BC Lions uh, but neither of those guys are going to be confused for Cameron Judge Cameron Judge as you said is he's, he's going to be the highest paid linebacker right in the in the entire CFL in 2021 because he's a game changer so if I'm the Riders, I, I can see from their perspective and Jeremy O'Day, you run the risk of waiting too long because Chris Ackie had signed, Bola Combo had signed, a lot of these other Canadian linebackers had signed. However, 
and we're going to talk about him a little bit later in the show, there is someone mm-hmm. by the name of Enoch Buwamba who remains unsigned. So to me, that was kind of the the secret third option was, hey, if we if we wait on Cam Judge, if we lose Cam Judge, why don't we reach out and we sign a guy who's even been here before in Enoch Buwamba and put him as our starter in the middle? Exactly, my man. And if you look at the contracts of the Herbin Reed twins, as I said, it wasn't like that was a ton of money going out the door. I believe it's in and around eighty thousand dollars. I'd have to check my notes, but that's each. So you double that total. That's one sixty. That gets you Cam Judge back on your roster, or in all likelihood, that gets you Enoch Mwambahaj, as you mentioned. So you could have been better overall. I really do like the Herdman Reed twins as dudes. One of them played in the Senior Bowl. They do have starting experience in the CFL and they played a bunch of football. But with all due respect, they're not Cam Judge. Cam Judge is a guy that can play strong side linebacker on one snap, be at weak side on the next snap, and be at Mac in the middle. He can be all over the field. He can drop back as a free safety. He can disguise coverage, Hodge. So if I'm Jason Shivers, I'm pissed, man. Dan Barnes of Post Media spoke to Randy Ambrosi on Thursday, who stated, quote, we're going to play a full season, but we're also going to have the ability to be flexible, and that's the other side of this. You have to be adaptable and flexible according to whatever circumstances come our way, close quote. Does that give you increased confidence regarding the CFL's return to play plan? Look, I'm just going to say this. I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly, and there are a lot of negative Nellies on Twitter. In response, I mean, there's a lot of negative Nellies on Twitter on a good day, but especially today, this news had some some negativity come out. So I want to say this. Start off, let's give some credit. Props to Ambrosi for coming out, speaking publicly about this. Uh, I think that's been a fair criticism of him over the last several months, and especially when the 2020 season was hanging in the balance through through June, through July, through through August. Players, especially who's who, who rely on the income right of of playing their family, feeding their families, right, using this game as a way to pay the bills, and they're getting you know nothing. And uh, of course, the risk when you know you don't come out and say anything is it leaves room for people to speculate. And speculation is fun. Speculation is interesting. Speculation is tantalizing. But is it necessarily helpful? No, uh, it doesn't always help uh, provide clarity for players. So props to that. That being said, I think there are people out there who don't feel at this point like the CFL has the credibility to kind of get the benefit of the doubt. You know, if if Major League Baseball or the NHL or even a league like the the CBL or, or or the AHL, right? Smaller leagues that are playing right now say this. Maybe you give them a little bit more benefit of the doubt because they have played amid the COVID uh, pandemic. The CFL has not. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people are meeting this report with some skepticism because they don't necessarily trust that Randy Ambrose is going to get the job done. Dude, the Western Hockey League, the dub, is going to play or planning to play a bubble season in Regina and the CFL with all of its finances couldn't play like they definitely have more money than the Western Hockey League to be able to operate so they're planning to play and the CFL is yet to be determined Randy Ambrosi clearly to me is choosing his words carefully and I totally agree with you Hodge in terms of the silence from the commissioner. I've heard it from a number of people because it becomes deafening. Yes, a lot of us got caught up in the buzz of CFL free agency, but 
In those other leagues you mentioned, especially the NHL, because they're playing in Canada, I think that's the best one to reference. There's clear guidelines set out, and the entire time, Gary Bettman has been open about their process. That's what people want to see from Ambrosi. Absolutely. I think it's it's critical. And and the, the one other thing I'll add to this is, you know, the, the man, the, watching the AHL play right now, it's like, man... I, we got to get the CFL on the field. I we and by the way, I'll just address this now. We didn't have the podcast live. I know we got to go on to the next hit, but we didn't have the podcast when this was going down. I received messages from people, a couple via email, lots via Twitter, suggesting that we were happy at Three Down Nation that the CFL didn't have a season in 2020, which is preposterous, right? We are yeah. predominantly a CFL website. You think we were jumping for joy when they canceled the season? What are you talking about? That hurt us just as much as it hurt anybody. Uh, so we desperately want there to be a CFL season, and that's why we care so much. On to the next one, Dugster. Member of Parliament Michael Cram delivered a passionate speech this week regarding Bill C-218, which would legalize single-game sports betting in Canada. He believes the Canadian sports betting industry could be worth $14 billion, that's billion with a B, and help save the CFL from its current state of financial crisis. What are your thoughts on this new potential legislation? Dude, I like it in terms of benefiting the CFL. If you have members of parliament, and I feel like there's a little bit of a bias toward the league. You guys are <laughs> from Saskatchewan, a little which bit. totally makes sense, right? The riders drive a lot in that province and revenue and are great, obviously, for the league overall. But for Cram to come out and say this and put some numbers to it, it gives you an idea and it makes you think, you know, why wasn't the CFL potentially pushing for this earlier and been up the front of this and trying to get the bill potentially to the floor on the House of Commons? Now, anyways, let's get more to the facts that if they can get pushed through before the 2021 season, however short or long that happens to be, and I should put that with an asterisk because until they're on the field, me and a lot of other people in league circles aren't going to believe it, that this could be a financial boon to the league. I've been told that there are gambling, betting companies, websites, however you want to describe them, that are banging down the door at the league office. This will be the next wave, Haji. Obviously, we're a part of it. It's no secret we have a partnership with Bodog Canada. It's going to be the future in our country and to me, it could be a huge financial gain for the league and maybe give it some of that long-term viability and, dare I say, boost franchise value. By the way, you could make a play at Bodog today. Exciting stuff. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> but I think you're absolutely right, Dougster. The CFL is a gate-driven league, the gate-driven uh, model, right? That business model that has been much discussed amid the COVID pandemic and much criticized, rightfully so, given the fact that, you know, larger crowds can't congregate is something that needs to change. It's not something that's easy to change overnight, but hey, this is a perfect perfect solution in my view to 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 potentially shifting that model to something that's more sustainable something that's more diverse that especially engages young people right there's not a lot of you know those gray hairs and those blue hairs that sit in the crowd at cfl games those are not the ones who are going to be hitting up the betting sites going crazy on props the people who are going to do that are generally under the age of let's say 35 people who are on their smartphones at the game people who want to engage in the CFL in all kinds of different and unique and innovative ways. So I think 
think this is great. Last thing before the break, I love when Michael Cram took the opportunity to say, Riders good, bombers bad. <laughs> every politician in the province of Saskatchewan should literally start every single Every every statement, anything with just the words "riders good, bombers bad," because then you got all the all the Sasky guys and and gals on your side. Anyways, Dugster, we got to take a break. We'll be right back. Reigning CFL Most Outstanding Player Brandon Banks tweeted this past weekend that he plans to retire if the CFL doesn't play in twenty twenty one. But can you blame Speedy B, Hutch? Oh, of course not. No. And and this this is the kind of publicity when this tweet came out, I think it was Saturday morning, um, when this type of information, this type of report comes out where somebody's, you know, uh, with a high profile, like League MV or League MOP, right? And Brandon Banks, when they're coming out in the middle of a random morning tweeting about how they could retire if the league doesn't play, this is why you need that transparency. This is why you need that clarity. This is why you need to have a true partnership with the CFLPA because when Brandon Banks is tweeting in the middle of a morning about how, you know, he's not going to play if the, you know, if, if the league's done or if the league doesn't play, he's done, you know, that, that, upsets the Ticat fans right and then it's it's just it's bad PR for the CFL they want to be promoting these guys and have these guys confident that there's going to be a season you don't want your league MOP getting on Twitter talking about this so do I blame Brandon Banks of course not he's got his own family to take care of and he's 33 years old I think he's aware of the fact that his best seasons are are potentially behind him and the the end of his career is is closer now than the start was um, still an elite talent, still somebody who I'm desperate to see perform in 2021, but I don't blame him at all. And Dunkster, I have a feeling you don't either. No, man, not at all. Until it happens, there's a lot of people around the league, players, general managers, head coaches, support staff, even people in the league office. They want to see CFL football back on the field, but until it actually happens, they're not going to believe it because I've had it said to me a number of times, Hodge, and I've heard sure you've heard the same thing. We talked about it earlier with the NHL and the WHL, and yes, the NFL is its own beast, but Roger Goodell never wavered. He said we're full speed ahead. They played a full season, had a Super Bowl, got it done. So that's where the buck stops to me is when you stop talking about it and you actually do it. Do it. Absolutely. You gotta get it done. Dunkster, two of the biggest names from CFL free agency remain on the board in offensive lineman Matt O'Donnell and linebacker Enoch Muamba. Why have these players not yet signed? From what I've heard around the league, Hodge, is the asking price. A lot of players have realized that the COVID-19 marketplace, let's call it, because everything has to be tagged with COVID these days, was realized by a lot of players and that they understood the market was going to be different. Many players, I would say the majority that signed during free agency that actually got to the market and changed teams were on one-year deals for a number of reasons, COVID-19 being top among them. But from what I'm hearing in terms of Enoch Mwamba is he values himself at a number, which can't blame the guy for. He is the reigning most outstanding Canadian of the league, but he wants the number that he wants. You can't blame him there, but the market has changed. But luckily from Wamba's perspective, he's been smart with his money. He made some cash in the NFL. I sort of did a rough calculation. He's well over a million dollars in terms of total salary earned in his football career. And when you invest that properly, 
that can make it go a long way and make you say, hey, well, if I don't get my number, maybe I'm okay not playing, not putting my body through that because I don't feel it's worth it. So some players have to make that decision. The same would be for Matt O'Donnell. And you wonder with O'Donnell if the health comes into it. He's an offensive lineman. He's been banging. He's a big dude. Maybe his knees are kind of getting at him a little bit. And until he gets to that number. Now, the factor with O'Donnell that a lot of people I don't think are realizing, it has affected other players too, Muhammad included, is that his agent, Jonathan Hardaway, suddenly passed away, which changed everything. So that would make it much different. What's your sense, Hodge? Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I mean, we've seen a lot of of retirements happen recently, right? Ettore Latanzio, age thirty; Trey Rutherford, age twenty five; Shane Bergman, age thirty one; Brad Erdos, age thirty, right? And a lot of these guys, yeah, there's health and there's other factors at play, but inevitably, money is one. These guys want to get paid, and if you're making X right in twenty twenty, and then all of a sudden, you know, twenty twenty one comes along, and you're making X minus, you know, thirty percent. Uh, you know, all of a sudden the off-field opportunities that you've been building since 2020 maybe are a little more appealing than uh, coming back to the CFL. Indeed, my man. And one guy that sort of came out of nowhere for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and got some money was receiver Bryant Mitchell. Had been in the NFL most recently with the Tampa Bay Bucks. Almost went back to the Bucks midseason, but the team signed one Antonio Brown and ended up going on to win the Super Bowl. Mitchell felt like he could see that early with what Tom Brady brought in terms of his expectation from his teammates. But Hodge, were you surprised that the Bombers signed him? Obviously, you've covered that team so well. And does it have the chance to end the run of bad luck <laughs> that the team has had with free agent receivers? Yeah, you know, like like this team brought in Ryan Smith in 20, 2016, didn't necessarily work out. Kenny Stafford was supposed to replace him in 2017. He got cut in camp. Darius Bowman was supposed to be the guy, and then he came in. It was pretty evident he was done. And then Chris Matthews comes in in 2019, and then it's like, okay, this has to be the guy who can break the string of bad luck. He won the CFL, most outstanding rookie in 2012. This is going to be legit. Well, obviously that didn't pan out. I think the difference with Bryant Mitchell is he's younger. He's only 28 years of age, whereas Bowman, especially Matthews, to a lesser extent, were coming in as older guys, a little bit more wear and tear on the body. And when you look at what Mitchell has done fairly recently as a member of the Edmonton football team, I mean, over 19 career games, it's not a huge sample size, but he's got 97 catches for 1,400 yards and six touchdowns. His per-game production is elite over the last you know five six years he's one of the most productive receivers on a per game basis in the cfl and if there's one thing that the bombers i think were missing last year it's that bonafide number one target kenny lawler kind of had a breakout year uh you know darvin adams is very consistent at boundary wide but there's nobody in that receiving core at least in my opinion who makes opposing defenses you know really take notice or or, or really command a consistent double team extra attention from the secondary and i think that mitchell absolutely has the potential to be that guy in 2021 Definitely, man. I love the signing. And when you were rhyming off those names of the free agent receivers Winnipeg has added over the years, <laughs> I just kept thinking of Nick Moore money because that's what everyone ended up wanting to get when Moore signed that fat contract with the Bombers, but unfortunately didn't quite live up to it. Injuries played a factor too. Yeah, not quite.
Dunkster, we got one more before the break. The retirement of two projected Canadian starters. We talked about these guys a moment ago along the offensive line in Calgary has left the Stampeders with a bit of a hole on the offensive line. One source I spoke to for this week's Insider Talk column said the team has no choice but to draft an offensive lineman in the first round, likely Logan Bandy from the UFC Dinos. Do you agree with that? Certainly. You would imagine they'll go offensive line, and it's kind of what Calgary has done over the years, going all the way back to the Pierre Laver 2 trade. Hodge, there's been a number of picks Carl Lavoie comes to mind. Ryan Sevier, a UFC guy. They just brought back Sean McEwen to Calgary, who was a dude they really liked in the draft. Couldn't get him because the Argos picked him, I believe it was third overall. But it's an area where they've tried to make sure they've had depth in the draft. And that approach has worked, man. So I really see them going offensive line on this. There's a stud that they feel like they can get in the first round that might contribute along the lines of a Hergi Malaya. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think they have some underrated guys there. They have Jalen Guthrie, who's from right in your backyard in Guelph, uh, who was developing in 2019. Justin Lawrence, who I really like out of Alberta, has been there. Uh, same is true for for Zach Williams, Manitoba kid. Uh, Jonathan Zamora was a good player. They picked up from St. FX in the 2020 CFL draft. So they've been quietly building that depth, but I wouldn't call any of those guys blue chip players, right? They're not like a Sean McEwen, as you said, a, a number three overall pick, a guy who's going to come in and potentially start as a rookie. Uh, so I think if you can get a guy like Logan Bandy, left tackle from the UFC Dinos, um, who I think is probably right in that sweet spot, a guy who's you know potentially an impact maker at the CFL level, but maybe not necessarily a guy who's going to get uh, a you know a, a really serious NFL shot. Uh, I think that would be a highly prudent move for the Calgary Stampeders. We got to take our last break now, Dunk. But when we come back, it's time for Hodges Heritage Moment. Welcome back, folks, for Hodge's Heritage Moment. February 18th, a big day in my life. On this day in 2009, Milt Stiegel announced his retirement from the CFL. The nine-time league all-star finished his career first in all-time receiving yardage with 15,153 yards and touchdowns with 147, the latter of which remains an all-time CFL record. Stiegel was named the league's most outstanding player in 2002 after recording 105 receptions for 1,862 yards and 23 touchdowns. The 14-year veteran was awarded with the key to the city of Winnipeg in 2007 and had a street near Canadian Stadium renamed in his honor. Stiegel was a first ballot inductee into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame in 2012 and now serves as a panelist for the CFL on TSN. Dunkster, growing up in the city of Winnipeg while Milt Siegel was playing, in my opinion, there will never, ever be a CFL player better than Milt Siegel. I can only imagine what that would be like, Hodge. He was dominant, but man, I just feel bad for the guy because of the lack of Grey Cups. That career, you would think, would have multiple ones, but it just didn't happen for Stiegel. Hey, if you're going to feel sorry for Milt Stiegel for no bomber great cups in the 2000s, don't. Feel bad for 10-year-old John Hodge. Anyways, <laughs> it's time to get to the three-minute drill. 
Dougster, TSN's Farhan Lalji reports that there are two to four potential ownership groups interested in purchasing the BC Lions. What should they be looking for? Local ownership, long-term commitment, and make sure they got some deep pockets. It would be so great if they could pair up with the Aquilini family. We'll see if it actually happens. The Edmonton football team signed 2020 first-round draft pick offensive lineman Thomas Jack Cordilla. Big deal, Hutch. I think so. We mentioned that six foot eleven Matt O'Donnell is not back with the team. I think Thomas Jack Curdola could even be starting as a rookie at guard. Three-time East Division All-Star Rico Murray announced his retirement on Thursday at the age of 32. Are you gonna miss watching him play? Yeah, man, that dude was quietly under the radar good. He only played in the East Division, mostly with the Tie Cats six seasons, had a season with the Argos and a season with the Red Blacks. Won a great cup with the Toronto Argonauts in 2017 and just won about his business in a professional manner. That dude, one of the nice core pieces there in Hamilton that made up that culture that Orlando Steinauer values behind the scenes. The family of deceased Calgary Stampeders defensive lineman Mike Labinjo has called the Calgary Police Department's investigation into his death, quote, sloppy, close quote. Your thoughts, Hodge? You know, Labinjo passed away in September of 2018. When the two-year anniversary of his death came about, I reached out to the Calgary Police Service multiple times, asking for an update, and they never gave me one. So my heart goes out to the family of Mike Labinjo. I'm really hoping they get answers sometime soon. Canadian receiver Nate Bahar posted Toronto's signing of six foot eight, 290-pound defensive lineman Sean Oakman to his Instagram story, writing, quote, some rookie from University of Saskatchewan on kickoff return is about to meet the Lord, unquote. Is that not one of the funniest things you have ever read? Dude, that's epic and it's so true. Oakman, that internet meme, just looks like he's carved out of rock or granite, man. Honestly, it looks like he's an alien that was put on this earth just to play football, Hud. Bodog Canada... Our partners have produced odds for the Edmonton football team's new name with Elk as the heavy favorite at minus 400. Are you feeling Edmonton Elk? You know, I don't mind Edmonton Elk, but the bet I might be more tempted to make, Rough Riders at plus 50,000. Dunkster, you don't got to put much on that line to retire. So I'm not saying it's going to be Rough Riders, but I'm tempted to sprinkle. Plus 50,000 anything, I'll take it. We're out of time, folks. Thank you for listening to the Three Down Nation podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.